0: Please take a moment to rate this and all the shows on the Geek Therapy Network on iTunes. You can find the network by visiting geektherapy.com iTunes on a Mac or iOS device or search for Geek Therapy Network on iTunes. Thank you. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. I'm Josue Cardona with Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. Hello. Ali is off this week. So, let's start with a community catch-up. We've had new episodes of Jedi Council. They had a talk with a friend of the show, Andrea Letimendi, and they also did an episode on memory, which is, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it. They're doing it from the perspective of the Kavanaugh stuff. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Getting political. Jedi Council, I don't remember the last time they talked about Star
1: Wars. (laughs) 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 Now they're talking about Supreme Court nominees.
0: Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Maybe they should change their name. I'll have a talk with them. <laughs> um, Goblin Lore has uh, new episodes. They've been killing it lately with uh, with new guests. Definitely check them out if you have not listened to them. Uh, over on the Discord, we have a brand new food channel because because the community demanded it. Like it,
1: it's, they were like chanting food, yeah. <laughs> food, food.
0: It was yeah, like they gave me an ultimatum. It was like you either make a food channel or we we're just going to talk about food everywhere. It was it was uh it was scary. I but found myself <laughs> having to
1: avoid that channel before. I eat since I'm mm. doing that intermittent fasting Oh before yeah. 1 o'clock. Nope, yeah. no food pictures.
0: <laughs> so that's new over on the Discord. And then shout out to Hannah Siller, who in the Facebook group started a <laughs> – she, she, she wrote on the Facebook group, and as of this recording, it has over 100 comments. Wow. So think it's at
1: 102
0: at this yeah. very moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the first time that's ever happened. There's that many. It's uh, it's good. It's really, it really has like five different conversations in one. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's fascinating. It's really good. So thanks, Hannah, for that. All right. So now let's get to today's topics, plural, two. Um, real quick, I want to touch on Heroes in Crisis, which is a new DC Comics event that just launched. We've talked about it a few times. We've been we've been mentioning it, and the first issue finally came out. Lara, I know you read it. Mm-hmm. The pitch for this was sort of like, oh, we're going to take a look at heroes and how being a hero affects them. There were talks of PTSD. The writer Tom King said that he was inspired by his own um, events that happened in his life. I think he had a panic attack a few years ago. He's been dealing with that. So we finally got the first issue. What did you think? I'm not
1: sure. Usually when I've gotten a first issue, it gives me. I need a couple of issues to be able to really decide whether I like a series or not. But so far I like what I've seen the art is good i mm-hmm. I really liked um, the characters having these monologues um, yeah. about the issues that they're dealing with
0: well it's funny I didn't see it like monologues it almost feels like
1: like interviews right yeah interviews yeah. possibly with a therapist
0: mm-hmm. um, possibly with sanctuary yeah yeah which is my guess yeah
1: yeah so it's one of those things and it left it at a place where, I feel like the story could go in a really great direction or a not so great direction. So I'm I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to seeing what it's gonna be. I don't think it necessarily was what we thought it was gonna be when we got the original pitch, but I think it could be something really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I I loved what I read so far. Just especially there's these very particular moments where you see these superheroes who in those interviews they start off um, kind of like grandstanding, right? It's like, oh I'm a superhero, but then they very quickly go into but I'm I'm also an addict or I suffer from PTSD because this job is hard and they you see them more vulnerable than, mm-hmm. than I'm used to seeing them I mean, the truth is, I mean, if you read a lot of superhero comics a lot of them include very personal stories, right? You're, you're seeing their day-to-day lives, but they don't just come out and talk about things like that. So so I, I really like that. I like the potential of that. But then, of course, I think where the potential for, for, for me not being interested later on is that the appeal of this is that there's a place called Sanctuary where all of these superheroes who are dealing with the effects of being a superhero and how hard that can be on them... <laughs> most of them are dead (laughs) and and Sanctuary, the actual, um, which now we know is not just a place. It's also like a Kryptonian robot Mm -hmm. is also dead. So effectively, and I think Batman makes a comment about it. It's like, we built this place to to be a safe place. And now.
1: And it was very not safe.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And now basically we have a murder on our hands or, or, you know, many murders on our hands and, and we need to figure out what's happening. So. I'm I'm sorry that it went that way so quickly. <laughs> I know. I'm glad it I guess it's good that it went there at the beginning.
1: Like my hope is that along the way cuz the, the I don't remember the how many issues it was originally going to be but it just got signed on for more issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be 9 total. Yeah. I'm hoping that by the end of this they rebuild or kind of fix the situation and and get things rebooted and have that safe space again. That's yeah. my hope.
0: Yeah, Sanctuary being a robot gives us the potential for that to be mm-hmm. a reality later on. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think it's it's an interesting way to start it and it could it could be an amazing story. It could be an unexpected story because it's already surprising me. And some really big names died.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: going to be interesting to see but we can't really say much else because it's just a first issue so i don't know how we'll handle this as as it goes on um i don't know if there will be any one issue that we'll be able to you know dedicate a whole episode to or if we'll have to wait till the end but we'll definitely keep talking about heroes in crisis all right now for the for today's big topic which is burton ernie <laughs> i have I'm, I'm gonna seriously ask a question i've heard People always talk about how oh Burton and Ernie are gay. They're a gay couple. I I probably don't watch enough um, Sesame Street or haven't watched enough Sesame Street in enough years to ever think of that. I don't honestly don't think about Burton and Ernie very often. So is that did did either of you ever see Burton and Ernie that way?
1: Not as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever saw it that way until somebody put the idea in my head. Because all they do is hang out their apartment or on sesame street i don't remember ever hearing about it till till probably like high school and people were like oh they're totally gay for each other that kind of <laughs> language and i'm like okay maybe
0: uh, Lara, you just had a birthday your high school was a long time ago for you so it's been a long time since you've had that in your head okay
1: i know and yeah but I I think it speaks to a lot of queer content having to be coded, and so we kind of seek those things um, and see things either that are meant to be that way, and then we're like, yes, we were right, or weren't necessarily intended to be that way, but we still claim it as ours. What about you, Lauren? I thought they that they were gay.
0: <laughs> Always?
2: <laughs> I Okay, so... I don't know that if you had asked me when I was, like, a little kid watching the show if I would have had the language to describe it that way, but my um, grandfather's older sister, uh, so my great-aunt, no, grand-aunt, my grand-aunt, my (laughs) grand-aunt, she is lesbian, and she has always had um, a partner my entire life, and so... Bert and Ernie were kind of like that, where it's like it's two adults who love each other very much and they happen to both be the same gender. And like, that's cool. They they like each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of thought went into it, but it, it sort of basically worked to reaffirm that in my life as being like, that's a thing that exists in, in real life. Like it's real. It's in T V shows. Um, which is why I guess maybe later on when people are all like, no, they're not gay. I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and I get personally upset about it.
0: <laughs> For me, it's a n- very new idea. It's like the last maybe three or four years. I feel like I'd never heard that before. And then I always thought like, oh, yeah, I could see it. But um, but I never expected to get a an answer. And so... Of course what we're talking about is that the writer who cr- basically created the characters and or at least wrote them at the beginning he says uh, and I'm, I'm gonna quote him here it's he says I always felt that without a huge agenda when I was writing Burton and Ernie they were gay I didn't have any other way to contextualize them and then he goes on to talk about how um, the characters were basically based on him and his partner's relationship at the time and this is this is decades ago so in in from the moment that the create, that the characters were created, he saw them. Basically, I mean, I think it's very similar to what you just said, Lauren. It's like, oh yeah, like this relationship is like a, another relationship that I see in my real life, and he based it on a real relationship. I think it only took uh, Sesame Street a couple hours, maybe a day, to <laughs> to come back with a with a response. And they said, Bert and Ernie were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, as most Sesame characters do, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation. Um, I'll add one more quote to this, which is from Frank Oz, who does the voice of many characters, not only on Sesame Street, but he's the voice of Yoda, et cetera. Uh, he says, it seems Mr. Mark Saltzman was asked if Burton and Ernie are gay. It's fine that he feels they are. They are not, of course. But why that question? Does it really matter? Why the need to define people as only gay? There's so much more to human beings than just straightness or gayness. So I'm putting all that out there to like uh, unpack. And I'm, I'm curious what your reactions were to, to kind of those two days of people going back and forth.
2: Uh, Well, I'm going to say that Frank Oz's uh, response was pretty bullshit. It's uh, fine and all to be all like, oh, people are complex and they're not just one aspect of their identity, except so many people experience homophobia where their lives are directly impacted because of that identity. And it's just further reinforcing that that power, uh, the power status quo where it's like oh you're not allowed to be gay in public you're not allowed to talk about being gay you're not allowed to own that as a main factor of your identity because then it's just sex and and not a complex aspect of a whole lived experience ooh i'm sorry i'm fired up i'm all <laughs> she's ready to go i've got i've got my
1: to- my punchers logged on right now <laughs> i mean i think it's a pretty standard reaction that you're going to get from a company that deals with children's content and it's bullshit but it speaks to is it the writers choice to make them gay is it the company's choice to make them gay is it the viewers choice to make them gay I think for whoever thinks they're gay they're gay
0: yeah I, I like that point because Bert and Ernie I can't interview them I can't ask them myself <laughs> you can't be
1: like are you are you gay
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> are you in a uh,
1: relationship with each other uh, yeah
0: <laughs> And so Sesame Street saying, well, specifically uh, Frank Oz saying they are not, of course, duh, they're obviously not gay. but
2: Obviously straight, which is like, "Mm, what are you saying Mm -hmm. then? Exactly.
0: But then he says that in response to the creator of the characters and the person who wrote them, they are representations of a gay man and his partner Mm -hmm. and their relationship. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like, Lara, like you said who who decides I gotta say I'm thinking the writer decided <laughs> a long time ago from day one and, right. and I don't understand why people are arguing uh, that
2: yeah
0: and and obviously for many many years people have seen what the writer intended. What he was trying to represent, mm-hmm. and if some people didn't see it, that's fine too, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, like Frank Oz's whole, and he, he this was a tweet from from him, and the whole thing is just weird. I mean, and I, and I bring him up because he's like a big name, but it's also representative of probably different opinions. But why is he saying like, oh, why do people have to only be gay? Like that's that's not the point. Like nobody's, I think nobody is arguing the fact that they live together, that they are good friends. <laughs> that they hang out, right? They, they, can, they can be all the things that we thought before. They can be best friends, but they can also be a couple. I don't understand even where his question is, is coming from. Why, why those comments?
2: <laughs> it's I mean, it's assumed heteronormativity, right? It's, uh, you know, all characters are straight, cis, white men unless explicitly otherwise stated. And even sometimes then it's like, well, I don't really feel comfortable with that, so I'm gonna still say that they're straight. And it it's really frustrating. Um, I mean, especially when it's paired with that that dismissiveness of like, oh, like, why why would you wanna limit yourself by just, like, just being gay?
0: <sighs> <sighs> yeah. So from some of the comments that you've both made, I get the feeling that this is not the first time you've seen something like this happen. no, no, obviously, <laughs> obviously <laughs> I think when we a few months ago we talked about queer content for kids mm-hmm. and obviously, this is such a an opportunity to be progressive, which they obviously are 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 not taking, but it's the fact that like yeah we've we've always had these these characters who are and I mean Sesame Street in general, right we love, we want them in our homes. We, we want our kids to, to spend time with them. And, and then now we have more representation, but it's, it's immediately taken away, right? Because it was, it was like a roller coaster day. Like there was like validation and then, and then that was taken away. So do you, do you have any other examples of something like this that happened that were specifically like even similar to this or at this level?
1: I mean, the example I came up with and brought up when we were chatting in Slack was um, kind of the opposite. When the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies were made, Sulu was written as gay. Like, he's got a a partner and they have a child. And George Takei, who played Sulu in the original uh, series said that he never played him as gay. He was a straight man. And George Takei being gay himself, I thought that was a very interesting distinction to make. I don't remember if I read anything later about why he made that comment or any of the more detail about that, but I do remember finding it very interesting that, that he tried to take that, like he disagreed with them making Sulu gay.
0: I remember that being very confusing too and very mm-hmm. similar to this. You're right. It's like, well, we're we're telling you <laughs> This, this character is gay, and and, and they're and actually we're showing, showing you. you. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's not implied; it's there. Exactly. <laughs> like there's a scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of of the Iceman comic
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that, which you have, just
1: started up again.
0: Yes. So, specifically when the young Iceman comes from the past to the present, and then you have two versions of them, mm-hmm. right the the version that is. That is, you know, is older because he's been living here all this time. And then the version that's pulled from the past and brought here, they're the exact same person. But then you discover uh, that the younger one is gay. And then it's like, oh, then...
1: That means the older one is gay.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like a split timeline... It, it this isn't even like a parallel universe right but it's something that it didn't like it would have been weird if if they if they decided well well no well the future version isn't gay right i mean the way they handled that was like oh yeah like he's he's gay we're bringing this up now that he's younger and what you see is the effect that it had on him to be able to to talk about that from a younger age than when he was older so it was like i don't know it was also very i'm assuming it was confusing for people but i love the way that it handled it there in which it was like Look at look at what we're doing. We're kind of we're changing things, but we're not. We're telling you this is this is just the way it is. Like it would be weird if later on Marvel like s- somehow retconned that. Like I don't think they can. They they literally like did it at two ends of his timeline, <laughs> so it's not something you could retcon and have somebody say no afterwards.
1: And it's great to read the comics and see their interactions with each other. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. I don't think they're. They could try to do something like bring in another Iceman from another universe or something. But I think that is pretty similar. He previously, quote unquote, wasn't gay. But now we know he always was.
0: Yeah. So I don't think Sesame Street has sent anything. This was last week, I believe, when these comments came out. I don't think they've said anything else. I had trouble finding this statement that they had posted on Twitter. I believe they took it down. I don't know Hmm. why the original version. So I don't know what else is going on. But have either of you heard anything else going on or have any indication to what's going to happen in the future? If anything at all.
1: I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything either. No.
0: So do you think this is going to change anything?
2: No. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I hope that it doesn't. I hope that. I mean, best case, I kind of hope that Sesame Street is like, okay, you guys are right, they're gay, but we're just not going to talk about it because that's, you know, not the the point of the conversation we're trying to have through our children's show. But leave them and their relationship the way it has always been and, Mm -hmm. and let it continue to be a loving example of two, you know, male puppets who live together and like baths, like That's awesome. And sing about rubber duckies. Yeah. He's the one. He makes bath time so much fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Sesame Street in general has been, I think, in many ways, progressive and big on representation. Definitely. With its its Mm -hmm. human characters. Has there ever been, like lots of small children have two moms or two dads. This is something that is not uncommon. So is that something that Either of you aware of that is that is shown up on the TV show? Is it something that's ever talked about on Sesame Street?
2: I mean, I'm not a regular Sesame Street viewer anymore, <laughs> so I can't say what they've talked about recently. That's
0: yeah, why I you're on this episode behind. this
1: week. Yeah,
2: I'm but sorry. I fe- I'm, yeah, I'm not that much younger than you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I feel like they've definitely had like they had they've they've got to have had like lesbian parents on at some point, right? Gay parents. I, 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 I want to think yes. I, I want. I want to believe yes. And if I'm wrong, please no one tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm. I, I want to believe that the answer is yes. That's why. So I asked the question that way. So maybe they're just drawing the line at the puppets. We can talk about gay relationships. We can show them. But as as long as it's not the puppets, maybe maybe it's a brand thing. I don't know. I don't
1: that's know if they had if they had some like lesbian moms on that show. If it's a big if
0: there's like 3000 episodes it's it's got to have happened at some point maybe we're just we're just going to we're just going to say that it happened Assume that it, happened.
2: <laughs> it makes me feel better
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which which again which would just make it strange to draw the line at the puppet thing
2: yeah <sighs> yeah
0: i mean of course and you said best case scenario worst case scenario would be that like bert and ernie are off the show <laughs> you know or they or they separate them and suddenly they don't live together or something like that just to like really make a point i hope that doesn't happen
1: that would be pretty gross
0: yeah yeah
1: oh 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 google google is is good google is good so only last year on an episode called father's day elmo's world on sesame street explored the holiday and showed a boy with two dads
0: See, I I knew it had to have happened.
1: Last year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Better late than never. (laughs) (laughs) Cry, cry, cry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So
0: yeah,
1: so there has been some representation.
0: I mean, it is possible that they just took them by surprise, I'm guessing, right? It's like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm also surprised that they... Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they've had that statement ready to go for 30 years. Right? Waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. They're all yeah, like, yeah. When, are,
2: when will they notice?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> when will they discover our secret gaze? Yeah. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> and then they realize, like, oh, that memo we wrote up in the 90s uh, doesn't work as well today. So maybe we should <laughs> rethink our reaction. <laughs> Ooh. Is there anything else either of you want to say about this?
2: I have. <sighs> It's not. It's not like the the same kind of like ungaying, but uh, a, a similar example of the relationship between um, author and text and fans um, is uh, J.K. Rowling uh, adding in a bunch of diversity post having written a seven book series, and it's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty lame, if I do say so.
0: <laughs> so, 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 uh, please explain this. You mean like a, a whole story, like seven books worth characters that were it, not once was it mentioned that that so, they were yeah, gay? And then after, there's like a side story. Yeah. Or after
2: like after all of the books came out, J.K. Rowling says Dumbledore was gay all along. Um, but then, when given the opportunity uh, to further explore this idea in the Fantastic Beasts movie series, which she she is working with, um, they did they didn't use that opportunity to touch on Dumbledore's gayness at all. Even though that would have been the perfect opportunity, if you're going to argue that it's not appropriate for you know Harry Potter's story in you know, middle and high school to talk about your gay principal. But, like, okay, sure. And then J.K. Rowling also uh, had a real fun dive down. um, Well, I didn't say Hermione, you know, was white. She could be black. But then, given the actual text, if Hermione was black, J.K. Rowling is kind of racist because (laughs) Hermione, like, uh, reduced her, her... Teeth size and her hair bushiness and um, other things that, if she were black, might be associated with her blackness and reduced those as a way to, quote, become, like, cuter. It's,
1: yeah. And, and then she, she like, handpicked the, the actors, so Emma Watson is very... super not black (laughs) i mean she's brilliant
2: but 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 yeah no i i mean i i've still got a big old crush on emma watson that i've not grown out of that one yet but um like yeah (laughs) definitely a white woman uh and then recently jk rowling came out with uh the (laughs) voldemort's pet snake nagini Uh, who is revealed to be a horcrux and is beheaded by neville longbottom in the final battle turns out she was an asian woman all along isn't that oh so diverse aren't i like full of diversity and great ideas and this is not terrible in any way Ooh, yeah it's yeah it's one of those things there is definitely an ongoing conversation of like you can't retcon that stuff into the texts that already exist and we can reference and we've all read already and you are actively hurting people by trying to do that
0: do we know for sure about dumbledore and the fantastic beast movie because like the second one's not out yet
2: uh from my understanding people who are working on that film have come out and said like no there's not gonna be there's not gonna be anything
0: has she made a comment about that i'm just i'm just curious
2: uh, I don't know if she has specifically re- responded to anything about that. She's uh, pretty great at avoiding <laughs> responding to <laughs> negative questions about her terrible ideas.
0: <laughs> well, she has, after this movie, she has three more opportunities to, <sighs> to do better or make it worse.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I don't have any hope left for it at this point because Johnny Depp is still working on those films and... Yeah, it's it's just a big bag of gross.
0: You've just given an example, Lauren, of like a a bad way to handle this. Do you see any good way to, I don't want to say fix, but to, I guess to handle what's happening with Burton and Ernie, and maybe maybe other characters who we see a certain way. Because I mean, this is something that that um, and I, in particular, have talked about for years now, which is like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter um, how the character is written or what the artist's intention is. What really matters is how people interpret it. So it doesn't matter how many times Sesame Street or Frank Oz or anybody else says, you know, they're not gay. If, if they're gay to you, they're gay to you. You said that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think in general, these characters, we can relate to them. Um, we can identify with them or they can remind us of other people. And... It doesn't really matter. So, so in the grand scheme of things, do you, do you think this matters? What's what's happening with with and Ernie right now?
2: Huh. Um. Yes, I think it matters, but more more as like a, a data point in the broader scheme of things, rather than a big deal all on its own. If that makes sense.
0: So, what do you mean exactly?
2: Uh, like. I think I think it's important to have this this discourse. I think it's important to talk about the relationship between creators and uh people who play characters and people who see themselves in characters, whether that's supported textually or completely from from the viewer themselves. I, I think it's important to have those conversations, but I don't I don't think that Bert and Ernie are like the, the be all end all of this conversation. I think this is an ongoing conversation that we're going to be having for the next couple of decades about representation and diversity in in media and the content we consume. And instead of focusing so much on the people who are trying to argue for or against uh, diverse representation, Our time is maybe perhaps better spent finding actually diverse works that already exist that are created by, you know, people of color and and queer content and all that stuff where the representation is is not snuck in secretly or, or retconned in later. It's there from the very beginning, which, you know, makes for a more impactful and relatable story. Uh, if it's not tried to, you know, people aren't trying to squeeze it in later if it's from the very foundation. But yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that this is uh, the beginning of a wave of people being like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put a bunch of queer characters and, and people of color into our things and from the beginning and not let it be something that we have to think about at the end, whether we were good about representation or not.
1: Yeah, I think uh, not that long ago, this would have been a bigger deal. But... Yeah. If it was the only representation, like, it had been the only thing, and then finally the writer says, they're gay, and then Sesame Street takes that away. But the reality is that now we do have shows that are... Like Lauren said, that they they do have queer content and and diverse content that is not snuck in there. We have shows like Steven Universe and Adventure Time now and Voltron and more and more things are coming out. So hopefully it gets better from where we are now. But it's not as big of a deal as it would have been a few years ago.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's my opinion overall that it doesn't really matter, because now Bert and Ernie fall under the list of maybe gay characters or, or characters whose sexual orientation is um, up to interpretation. And I agree that I'd rather focus on the list of characters who are well-defined and have an identity that is clear and understood and not, again, vague and up to interpretation. Yeah. Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. (laughs) All right. So we'll take a quick break and come back with media matters. All month long. We're asking that you please take a moment to rate every show on the geek therapy network on iTunes. That's right. All of them. We really think it'll help us reach more people like you. If we have more ratings on iTunes, it'll also help our newest shows like goblin lore, hero nation. And here comes a thought, which are just starting out. You can visit geektherapy.com slash iTunes. And the link will take you to a page on iTunes where you'll find all of our shows. But this only works if you're on an iOS device like an iPhone or an iPad or on a Mac. Otherwise, just go to iTunes on a PC and search for Geek Therapy Network. We're at 15 shows and still growing. Every rating helps, and if you want to leave a review, that's even better. Again, we're asking that you please rate as many GT Network podcasts on iTunes as you can. Just search for Geek Therapy Network on iTunes. Oh, and if you rate us from one of your family or friends' accounts, that'll be great too. Thank you. We're back. Let's do Media Matters segment. Did anybody bring examples, um, either related to what we we're talking about earlier or or not, for our weekly media matters?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> Laura brought up Adventure Time, so now I want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marceline, the vampire queen, and Princess Bubblegum's relationship uh, has always been important to me i i really like both of those characters um, for a bunch of different reasons um, but i'm trying to remember when they first sort of started hinting at it in the show and it felt not you know not like queer baiting levels but like just almost queer baiting where it's like i feel like they're gay Can, do they smooch maybe they smooch and having that build over the seasons um and then uh, i guess the stakes miniseries with uh, that was about marceline specifically and and being a vampire and um the cyclical nature of of our lives and our relationships with each other i really like stakes i could talk about that for a long time but there were there there's a sweater that um Princess Bubblegum wears in stakes that in a later episode Marceline is wearing and that for me was the moment where I was like it's confirmed like they're dating <laughs> or they have dated that like th- those two girls smooch and like it was really it was really powerful to me because like it made me feel really good that these characters that I really loved also loved each other.
0: But that sounds like the Burton Ernie thing. Was that yeah. confirmed? Well, later I on? mean,
2: yes. In the in oh, okay. the finale okay. they actually like they hug and kiss. Like okay. you, you okay. can't you can't sweep that one under the rug so much. Gotcha. But um it's just interesting, you know, like g- coming from being bisexual and and wanting to see <laughs> girls kissing girls. <laughs> um in in shows pr- particularly in cartoons because that's just lovely but um it, it was it was a big moment for me um that build up and I I didn't necessarily expect the the payoff in the finale but it was great and it was beautiful and totally worth it and uh not subtextual not ar- arguable now ha 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 deal with that straights <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I think I felt the same way with Legend of Korra. All it was this build up and build up and I had heard there was queer content and then I got to the last episode and I was like, that's kind of a cop-out, and now there's these amazing graphic novels that explore um the queer relationships, and it's so good. <laughs> Lots of smoochies.
0: Are either of these examples made better for, for either of you because there was build up and a reveal.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it
0: would it have been better if they would have been smooching from the beginning.
2: <laughs> That's not a fair question to ask, me, Osweig.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Answer the question,
1: Lauren. <laughs> Lauren always wants the smooch yeah, smoochies. Yeah, from,
2: <laughs> from day from one. Smooches from day please. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I, I do, I do think that there is something really nice about the the slow build up and reveal. I mean, I didn't watch all of. Um, I I only watched the first season of Legend of Korra when she was still doing the like, will they, won't they with the two dude characters. And mm-hmm. that honestly, I stopped watching at that point because I was like, I'm bored. I don't, I don't want to watch this. Like, which boy will she choose? Which, which is one. so
1: funny because it like right when you pick yeah. when you jot <laughs> left that's where it stopped yeah like, oops
2: <laughs> you watched the bad part yeah I gotta go back in and actually I want to watch all of the the airbenders stuff but um anyways I, I like this is this is complicated because my my anger towards Frank Oz is like, oh, you know, being gay is not the most important part of your identity. It's not the only p- part of your identity. You know, you you are so much more than that it is really diminishing coming from him. But in actual characters, I do like to see that they are real characters with their own motivations and history mm-hmm. and experiences and things that they care about and things that they don't care about and they're queer like it, it it yeah like i said it's it's complicated it's it feels more organic when it is revealed over time because it's like real life you don't just meet a person and they're like hi i'm lauren and i'm bisexual and polyamorous and uh this is what my genitals look like what you don't do that you don't do that i do I mean, that you know sometimes <laughs> but not like not like every day just in like professional settings um <laughs>
1: job interviews particularly yeah
2: particularly job no but um Yeah, it it feels more relatable where it's like you you get to know somebody and then it's like you find out different aspects of their identity as part of, you know, learning about them as people. And it's not just one aspect defines who they are, but also gay representation is really, really important to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. I liked the way that they did it in. Well, okay I liked the payoff with Adventure Time Sometimes it was a little frustrating where I was like, just, you know, it's like they're almost holding hands and I'm like screaming at my TV, just hold hands already, Uh, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it's complicated. It probably is very dependent on like the story of the show also or film or video game or whatever.
1: Yeah, if the focus isn't necessarily on that. Like I think with Legend of Korra, it was easier for me The focus was more on like save the world, these big, bigger than life events and less on after the first season, less on the romance for her at least. So you kind of get to watch her develop and come into her own and then have this amazing relationship. So good.
0: We (laughs) talked about the kind of the presumption of straightness earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like that's the default. So then... You have to be, I don't know, like uh, hearing Lauren say that there was a reveal or like a buildup, is it? Is it related to that also? Like, is it? Is it because of the assumption that every cartoon character is straight and then the reveal is that they weren't?
2: Te- I mean, technically uh, Princess Bubblegum is bisexual because she has confirmed had boyfriends before. I was going to say the same
1: thing about Cora yeah y- y- people assume oh she's gay now well no you don't know that you don't know how she feels about her past relationships and men now so yeah yeah I mean we could definitely get like real deep into uh by
2: erasure in general but um I don't I don't want to do that emotional labor right now
0: <laughs> I would rather and not
2: you, you shouldn't
0: have to either <laughs>
2: uh yeah yeah but um I yeah it's it's'
0: You don't have to. It's okay.
1: No, no. I. I she I'm, took the gloves off. Now she's gonna put them back on. I putting the gloves back.
2: No. Uh, it. It's something that is is cultural and it's taught to us. Like, just just because I'm I'm queer and and cool with that now doesn't mean I don't have that internalized heteronormativity and and. Weird ideas about how gender works and is supposed to be like that stuff is all weird and funky and a product of your environment and it's really complex and hard to untangle from other aspects of of your life and experiences and things that you've seen on TV and stuff like that it yeah it's it's a real hairy deal and I don't know that there is like a good way and a bad way to do it so much as there are lots of different ways to have that representation and you know no matter how you do it some people are gonna be upset because they don't see themselves in that and some people are gonna see themselves in it and it's kind of yeah you can't please everybody but um, just put more Girls Kissing Girls in, and you'll make me happy. And that's all
1: I care about.
0: Laura, <laughs> <laughs> what what do you have for Media Matters?
1: So I think this week for me, it's been on my mind. I just watched, and I know I'm late to the game, the series finale of The Fosters. Um, and I've had stronger feelings about that series ending than I have almost any other series including Buffy. Like, Buffy was hard for me um, when that ended. And I was trying to think about why um, that show was harder for me. And I was talking to my wife, and as the the two of us have been talking about starting a family, and we talked about the realization that the, the parents on The Fosters, Lena and Steph, are one of the few positive representations we have of lesbian couple raising children on television and now that's gone and they're an amazing couple and and they fight with each other but they they work their problems out in a, in a positive way and there's all kinds of crazy drama on the show but the two of them as a couple are so strong and I love the way they ended the show and I'm glad it didn't you know jump the shark per se it's something that we talked about Bert and Ernie not mattering so much because they took it away but there are other things out there. And for me, having that representation, that's kind of gone and there's nothing to kind of fill the void. I remember feeling the same way when on Grey's Anatomy, Callie and Arizona split up because they were another representation of a lesbian couple. One of them was bisexual, but two women raising children together and them being gone. There was this moment of, of hope at the end of the season Uh, The last season where Arizona is going to go back to live in New York with with Callie and raise their daughter together. But you don't get to have that on screen. And my friend Jessica sent me a link to um, a group of artists created a comic to because they were missing that scene and that feeling of closure and that feeling of like I wanted this moment of them coming back together and being a family and what it was like. And I think that's the coolest thing, fan fiction at its best. Yeah, fan fiction. Woo! Woo!
0: <laughs> I felt a similar way when Glee ended. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, "Man, like there when has there ever been a group of misfits like this on TV?"
1: <laughs> and Freaks when, and Geeks, when, man. Freaks when and will Geeks. We ever,
0: no, like Freaks and Geeks is nothing compared to Glee. I know. I know. To Glee. <laughs> I know. Right? And yeah, I was like, "What other show is going to fill fill that void?" Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm so many steps forward but then that's like who do you pass the baton to right like what what is there i don't know yeah Yeah, i'm sorry about that yeah yeah there was definitely
1: a lot of tears a lot of tears this week finishing that up
0: so we have um lesbian mothers watch starting right now Mm -hmm. anybody find any shows any media whatsoever let us know
1: and then I'll watch it and decide whether or not it's worth it.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. the thing, right? That it has to be as good.
1: Oh, right. Man. And it, I mean, the show is just very positive. And it, I've talked about it a million times on this podcast about different topics and they touch different things. But at the core is it's this family and and how happy they are together and and okay with not being happy together it's it's definitely one of those shows i will always remember
0: longtime listeners will remember that you used to mention it every week
1: <laughs> yep yep or uh those of you who have binged the entire Catalog. Shout out out to Mark. Mark. (laughs)
0: Hey Mark.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He probably knows better than any of us how often I
0: (laughs) Many people have started that binge but never finished it. Mark is the only one who's ever finished it.
1: (laughs) He needs a medal.
0: Yeah. We we gotta do something for Mark. Do you have another example, Laura?
1: No, I think that was all that was on my mind this week.
0: Okay. Oh, well, I've got uh, two things for this week. One is related to Heroes in Crisis, which um, is uh, Netflix's Iron Fist. Season two just um, started now. And there are a lot of things that I, they're very uh, geek therapy related. I made a couple of library entries. I hadn't done um, a few of those in a while uh, based on the series. But uh, one thing that uh, is, is, again, related to Heroes in Crisis is that the the main character danny he is really struggling with kind of the weight of the power that he has and there he does talk about it in terms of an addiction like he he loves the power but he realizes that it's that it's not healthy for him and the things that it's doing to him he he's not coping with it well and there's this ongoing thread in the in the season about him dealing with that pressure and that power and at times just not not wanting it and and i think that that was that was really um interesting to see and again there are very clear like there's a character who is dealing with a narcotics addiction and they get together and they they can relate to each other because of um how danny is feeling about his power and i think i think it was uh really great and it different ways of looking at, at addiction. And my other example is a story. So this is a family member of mine has a coworker. The story that, uh, this uh, family member told me was, um, he, he works with someone who is a mom and has a 15 year old. And this kid is obsessed with Hello Kitty and like just loves Hello Kitty is buying Hello Kitty stuff. And the mom is starting to get really concerned it seems like from the way I heard the story and um he he's going to have a a, his 15th birthday is coming up and he asks his mom for a hello kitty cake for his birthday and the mom is like Concerned because she doesn't know why he likes Hello Kitty. She has like she doesn't think that a boy should like Hello Kitty, and but she doesn't know how to have a conversation with him about his um, sexuality, his sexual orientation, his identity, or anything like that. So finally, she's like, I, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but this is what he wants. So she buys him the Hello Kitty cake. He has a birthday with a Hello Kitty cake, and after the birthday. She's really struggling with this. So she finally talks to him. She's like, please tell me what's going on. You don't, you don't talk to me. Why do you like Hello Kitty so much? Like, what are you not telling me? And the boy tells the mom, mom, I love Hello Kitty because Deadpool loves Hello Kitty. He's a huge Deadpool fan. And, and, and I love Deadpool. So I'm, I'm like trying to be more like, like Deadpool. And, I, I don't know what uh, what the mom's reaction was. I th- I'm from from the, the way I heard the story was relief, <laughs> but I thought it was just a really good example of like people assuming, a parent assuming, you know, um, a million different things, and a kid like showing love for a character and just going with it and rolling with it. And I don't know. I thought it was a great story about you know assumptions and and the reasons why people like what they like. Um, like it doesn't one thing doesn't mean what do you think it means? I don't know. I, I thought that story was very relevant.
1: Definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Liking Hello Kitty doesn't necessarily mean you're gay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. And so now let's do our uh, weekly geek therapy segment where we talk about one thing that this week uh, was therapeutic in the most general sense, which uh, could be that it just uh, made us feel better or helped us get through something uh, that was difficult. Lauren.
2: I've been playing Into the Breach on Switch and then also a game called The Way, which I'm not super far into, but it's it's pretty cool. It's like a little pixel art adventure platformer, I guess. Uh, it's it's a lot of puzzle solving in order to progress, but it's it's pretty cute and I'm enjoying it so far. But uh yeah, I, I just started up school again, so I'm doing lots of lots of homework. It's been nice to sort of take a break and just play on the switch a
1: little bit, decompress.
0: Nice. Laura?
1: So I had a birthday and We heard? Yeah. Yeah, I had a birthday. And it was a lot of fun. Um got to go on a Harry Potter pub crawl and just being around people. That love Harry Potter and walking down the street and having someone high five me and be like, Hufflepuff! It was the greatest thing. Um, people wanted to take selfies because, oh, we're in the same house, let's take selfies! It was great. And then the next day, I got to play board games with my friends, which game night is always, always a good experience. Um, and I even got my sister in on some of the games which was a feat. Um, So that was fun and definitely made me feel a whole lot better about the world in general right now.
0: Yeah, this has been a rough week. I I was originally going to say the week has been so hard that I didn't have a geek therapy. And I wish I did. And I was going to leave it at that. But then uh, I I realized uh, as we're preparing for October... This, uh, we're we're gonna do, uh, uh, a couple horror episodes on GT Radio and on Headshots and on any, any show I can, I can get on. Um, I've been really trying to go outside of my comfort zone. And the truth is, as, as Lauren and I have been discussing this, uh, I realize that I've watched tons of horror and I like a lot of horror stuff, but I'm going, (laughs) like, I'm, like, I'm going, uh, deeper, deeper into it and i'm having a lot of fun moving uh outside of my of my comfort zone. Let's just put it at that. So <laughs> so that includes like i've been i've looked at all the movies i have uh and I'll, and i sorted them by by genre and, and i was like, "Oh, look, i have a couple horror movies and um and i've been watching american horror story and i've got some games queued up. So that has actually been really really fun. i think that real life has been actually horrific uh lately. Uh, to the so point some, where, like, So
1: some scarier, scary stuff is helpful? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. I think we'll talk a lot about that um, later yeah. on. Like yeah. what I'm actually afraid of and what I actually think is horror compared to what the movies tell me that is, is horror. Mm-hmm. I've had nightmares this week and they're not related to any of the content I'm consuming. Hmm. So yeah, so I'm 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 enjoying <laughs> geeking out on horror stuff, which is something that I I never really do, especially not intentionally. It's more like oh, like you want to watch a scary movie? Sure, I'll I'll do that, but never like something that I've pushed forward. So I'm I am enjoying that. Thanks, Lauren.
2: <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy to hear that.
0: <laughs> All right, s- does anybody have something to plug this week? That they're working on.
2: Secret project is still secret, but. There's There's more of it. There's forward (laughs) movement on it, so it might not be secret for very
1: much longer.
0: (laughs) So excited. (laughs) Laura?
1: My usual plug, Extra Life. It's a 24-hour gaming marathon to benefit children's hospitals across not just the country, but in other countries as well. Really? Yeah. uh, Canada and I can't remember what other ones joined up this year. Hmm. Um, You basically sign up. You can either fundraise for your, ask your family and friends uh, to come give you money, uh, so you can play games for twenty four hours, uh, or you can donate to one of us on our team. Rare Candy, Hosway and I, and Lauren are on the team. Yeah. yay!
0: Zach from our stream team just joined yeah. the team too. Yep. Yeah, he's so excited. By the way, we're playing. We're, we're we're discussing what are we gonna what are we gonna stream for twenty four hours. Very exciting.
2: He's yeah, That's I know amazing. he's really pumped
1: about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's such fun to get together with friends too. Even if you can't like if you can get together on a stream or or play long distance, but um, it's definitely an experience to be playing for twenty four hours. It, oh, yeah. it gets really hard mm-hmm. uh, around like hour 16, 17. So if you would like to join the team or if you would like to donate. Check us out at, uh, what is it, geektherapy.com slash extra life.
0: And that is it for this week's episode of GT Radio. You can always find more geektherapy at geektherapy.com. Definitely check us out on Twitter, at geektherapy. Individually, Where Lara is at geektherapist. Lauren is at chicken dinosaur. Ali is at Ali Matu. I am at Josue Cardona. Remember to geek out and do good, and we'll be back in two weeks. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com geektherapy.